Hello, welcome to another weekly news uh, on Azure, on the Azure-centric, uh, another podcast happening as usually and with the same uh, beautiful faces. Uh, right, Andrew? <laughs> we like to... You are looking very snappy this week, I must I say. have, Absolutely. I have. Finally, they opened uh, the... The haircuts and I did the haircut that I I, I was let's say overdue uh, to be polite <laughs> and to be. Well, it happens, right? So these these are interesting times. So I think of, uh, you know, we we do our own kind of personal maintenance, but now uh, now we're a lot like the overworked system administrator, and uh, unfortunately, we're like the Windows two thousand eight R two servers. <laughs> Sometimes we get a little shaggy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but let's start with thank you uh, for listening uh, the podcast and for seeing the podcast. Without you, um, we were not here, to be very honest. Uh, or probably we were. <laughs> but we're well, not with the same support. Selves, but we wouldn't record it for fun. Yes, though, right? <laughs> we, we're not with the same support that we have right now. Uh, we like yeah. to always uh, joke aside and or to just play a little bit. But yes, uh, this week, oh my God, they decided to work again, wow. right? Azure. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody woke up with all the coffee <laughs> after uh, Christmas vacation and yeah. such and um, back with a big boom. So we had, uh, what, like 26 or 27 updates or something we were reviewing. Yes. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, fair disclosure for viewers and listeners, uh, we have done the old uh, Homer Simpson routine, Millhouse, you're cut. Bart, you're good, you can stay. <laughs> yes, there were some that were not at least um, in our wheelhouse. And again, the idea over here is just not to go over the news just because they are new updates. It's for us that we work on the field to give the feedback, not the feedback, to give our um, in this case, uh, our perspective of working on the field on these updates and how they can influence, in this case, you that are listening and viewing the podcast um, on, the, on the better way for you to just implement this and how is those applicable. Because sometimes we have a lot of uh, uh, previews that is really interesting. It's the one that I, I love to talk about it because they come out of development, they are on preview, so they are they want us to just uh, start using um, and a lot of things that, that we need to, to start working. And a lot of times uh, we read it at the title uh, and even for me, I have to go a little bit more deeper to just understand what they are, especially on the previews, what they are doing and I think this podcast helps because we talk about our experience with either the product or where we see some of those, uh, I don't say, uh, more like missings, right? Like the part that we see in haste, I think is a better way to, to, to say it. Um, exactly. On the right. fixtures. So we, well, we put our own spin on it. And just like we would uh, chat if it was you and I uh, doing our regular video chats or phone call yeah. or something. Um, we just put a little bit Absolutely. more uh, topical restriction to it. 
Um, and I know it's tough to keep me reined in on these things. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's not only you. It's not only you. It's me. And by the way, I was talking to a good friend of mine that I'm mentoring as well. And he said that he loves because he feels that he's part of this conversation. So very well, good. Awesome. Very good feedback. That's the part, type of feedback that I like it because the people can, can almost be involved on this recording. But basically, well, what good. we are doing is once a week, we are having this conversation and about Azure, about the updates. And because we are an infrastructure guys, we are not developers. Um, that's why we had to, to cut all of this. Sometimes, uh, even on the other weeks that we have less than, than these updates, uh, we cut them as well because we are. I'm not uh, comfortable talking about this and... To, uh, to you in this case that you are seeing and listen at the podcast. I don't think it's it's a good way uh, to have the news. We are not seeing it. Yeah, so we do try to keep it a bit Absolutely. focused. We, we do definitely edit the topics that we're going to include. So, uh, you know, if you need or you want to hear or read about all of the updates with yeah. Azure, 100%. Uh, use Bing, go find the blog, go find the Azure updates. Exactly. And uh, they have great blogs from Microsoft on they these have. things that they update, they uh, you know, near real time, I think, sometimes. Absolutely. And um, yeah, go and look at the full lists uh, by all means. And I would encourage you to do so even if you don't, because then you're going to see um, how yeah. many updates are really and truly coming Ab through in oh, the yeah. Azure uh, kind of ecosystem as a whole. Because um, what we touch on, like like you say, we do a little piece yep. and we talk about uh, things that are kind of not necessarily in our wheelhouse, but things that impact us and uh, are in our area, right? So you're you're trying to uh, impart the good knowledge to me about staying a little bit more focused with some of our content. And uh, I'm comfortable saying that out loud um, for all of our, our listeners and viewers too, because I think anybody that's listening to my stuff uh, clearly knows that uh, I talk about lots of topics, as do you, and uh, sometimes it's tough to stay focused because one of the cool things about Azure is that we integrate so many of the things with it, right? So there's lots of other pieces, and uh, yeah, so we're going to attempt yeah. to stay uh, within you know a certain uh, boundary, yeah, right? Exactly. But that said. Um, maybe I'll, I'll kind of bump us into the before first of that, here then, right? I would like to just start, before starting, I would like to request some other thing for our viewers. So if you still like what you see, don't forget to subscribe. It's important. Um, and don't forget to like us and any questions that you have, any, anything that you want, just leave a comments below or find us uh, on the on the on the multi on this case on the uh, our Twitter emails it's everything is available uh, just just find us and uh, share with you what, that's a good point and we don't want to hear only the positive yeah. feedback and by the way thank you to uh, your your other colleague and friend that you're working with um, that's that's fantastic I love to hear stuff like that yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, as you and I talk throughout the week, we also like to hear about some of the things that people want to see or wish that they saw. Although I did so, cut my hair, uh, you know, but I didn't receive any feedback or bad or good. 
that my hair was too was too big besides my wife but that's okay see i cut mine once a week uh i've done it for like 25 years now so. i don't have those skills uh and uh i have way more it's things it's not that... a skill <laughs> you lean over a bathtub and shake. <laughs> there's no skill involved which is why it's easy for okay. me <laughs> so let's jump into this now that we do the, all the housekeeping first of all um azure backup encryption at rest mm -hmm. using customer management keys is now uh, in generally available so means that now besides the keys that they are uh, generated by azure uh, right you can use your own customer management keys um, to just doing the encryption on azure backup so Exactly. Yeah, we've been waiting on this one for a yes. while. Um, customer managed keys has been around for a long time for different things. And, yeah. uh, you know, now it's arrived uh, as well to Azure Backup. So it's a big deal because uh, especially as we move vertically with different Azure products like confidential computing and things like that, targeting healthcare uh, in, I guess, again, Azure Healthcare, right? That's a vertical as well. So uh, there's lots of different uh, applications that you can use this in, and I, I use that word a little bit uh, carefully. Maybe you know it's not necessarily for apps; it's for Azure Backup. But different ways you can use uh, customer managed keys. So yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Um, certainly, Azure Backup is one of the stars of the show. I yeah. think um, so, but like the unsung hero, right? Uh, nobody ever appreciates the backup and restore system until they need it. And then they wish that they were testing Absolutely. it. But Azure Backup is one of those things that kind of floats around. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah, we've been through, uh, you and I, we've been through a couple of restore situations over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Azure Backup is definitely one of those ones that uh, doesn't get enough credit publicly, yeah. I don't think. Um, it's a fantastic product because there's almost nothing to it on our side to use it, right? We just turn it on uh, once in a while, we check it, we validate or restore, and it just works. Exactly. It really is uh, an awesome uh, platform, right? Absolutely. So. But I, what I want to add on this is, with this, and especially with the cost management keys, I see a lot of organizations that they did invest on HM models, right? Uh, those mm. ones that you have encrypted keys on your house, uh, in this case on-prem, and they're investing on that. And sometimes because of a lot of uh, uh, policies that they need to be compliant with, uh, special That's security right. ones. And right now, that was one part that they did because it was only on the platform uh, managed keys, in this case, Azure platform managed keys that was available by default. And that's continuing by default so means that if you enable your vault and if you enable the encryption uh, by default is with the platform okay so if you want the your customer keys in this case your keys to be the ones to encrypt in this case the volumes or to encrypt the backups you need to switch to from platform to uh, the customer and that's just just kind of adds up for you that you are listening and viewing uh, the podcast, that that is the part that you need to do it. Although it's it's a very nice way uh, that Azure Backup 
is is doing all of this, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you know, typically the default is going to be uh, to the Azure side, the Azure platform for different things, and then uh, the additional options or something you have to enable is going to be the customer managed options or something a little bit extra that's on top exactly. of the defaults, right? But Azure um, Azure so, Backup did have another update. And this one is in preview. Yeah, there was the, the backup for managed disk in uh, limited preview now, right? So it's out in limited yes. preview. And uh, again, this one's pretty cool. So you can use uh, backup policies. You can uh, easily manage the disk snapshots. And without additional infrastructure cost, uh, you can uh, start to take advantage of the managed disks in there, right? Like uh, get those into your backups now. So it's a little bit easier. And there's lots of different points in there. Um, so you can do, of course, the more frequent and faster backups without interrupting the virtual machine. And that's one of the key benefits to the managed disks, yes. right? When it comes to Azure Backup is the, the principle was a little bit about the machine can stay running and then you can snap the backup of it, but it stays fully functional. Uh, I remember the days of running the VM, you're taking the snapshot and if you're in the interface or you're in a console with that machine, it hangs and you know, you're kind of wondering like, okay, what's going on? Is it frozen? Nope, it's just kind of hanging a little bit with the snapshot. Now that is a thing of the past, yeah. right? And it's, it was not only that because you're talking about Azure Manager Disks. So Azure Manager yes. Disks, you are not managing anything. You are just managing the That's creation correct. and the size of it. Everything behind is managed by Microsoft. So even the, the part, the other option that you have is to create your own disk to put on your storage account. That was the very old times and the first time that we have disks. Now the new way and the default way that when you create disks is Azure Management Disks, but you could not do anything besides, like you mentioned, snapshot to the VM. Right now, mm -hmm. you can man, you can backup Azure Management Disks, although it's still limited preview. So please do not use this, and especially this one because this is is limited preview. It's not public yeah. preview. And that means that the features might not behave the way we exactly. expect them to. It's still just in the early stages of the preview. Exactly. Even. So it's just released. It's very fresh right off the presses. Um, one of the other things that I thought was uh, really excellent in here is you get the app consistent backup mm -hmm. um, with it, yeah. right? So uh, there's different things that uh, can help with this, uh, like to, uh, usability for this feature. And I look forward to uh, kind of reading a little bit more about it when it comes out to uh, even general preview. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a little update on that. What right? I like about this one, and this is the part that I miss a lot, and is one of the points when I read this, I was really happy, is the part of the shared disks. Because it's mm -hmm. really keen for if you have a cluster, either a Linux in this case or a, a, a Windows cluster, is to back up that manage, managed disk that you couldn't do it before because it was uh, a disk that you have shared across multiple <laughs> VMs. You could see the disk, but you cannot do anything. And right now you can uh, back up that disk that is 
sometimes crucial, especially Absolutely. on the cluster on Linux that is where you have all that information and where is based all of that part of it. So that is one of the things yeah. that I like very much on this. Um, on exactly. And that's a, that's a common scenario, right? So we see that a lot at uh, clients because, uh, you know, you're going to have different, uh, especially web-based apps, right? So I think of uh, things like Jira or whatever, and you may have a, a shared uh, access, like a shared disk that's accessed by multiple VMs serving different components within that. And uh, this is what we're talking about, right? So there's like real world applications yeah. for yeah, this. Exactly. And the other thing in here that I thought was really cool is uh, once again, agentless, right? You, so, uh, you know, I, I, I was kind of humming and hawing. Should I mention it? Should no, I not you mention should. it? No. And it's like, you know what? It's, it's exciting uh, because uh, one of the bigger pains is, you know, when you, you add in things like uh, Sentinel monitoring or you've got, uh, different stuff going on. You have all these agents about agents about agents. This one doesn't require anything. It's a feature. You're enabling it, and it it goes. It just blends into the background Completely. and helps back up the data on the managed. And it's fantastic. It's not only that because the only option that we had before uh, before doing the backups is to install the agent that does the backup of that volume. Let's be honest. That's mm -hmm. only the. Before, when they announced this, that our that was only our option to if we want to back up those type of volumes. Um, with this, this is an infrastructure uh, in this case update that allow us to do that on the background. So pretty cool uh, that we have that we have that uh, on 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 the backup in this case, right? Uh, speaking in preview or talking about in this case previews fictures Azure monitor ITSM uh, connected for service now uh, the item with secure export so this is very is in public preview uh, I have I have to say uh, this is very good news if you want to use in this case the secure export that is the new version that is in public preview uh, of the ITSM uh, from Azure Monitor. Now you can connect to the ServiceNow IT Operations Manager uh, or Management. Mm -hmm. Sorry, um, it's I'm too familiar with System Center Operations Manager. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I see um, ITOM, I always talk, I always think about Operations Manager, but not. Absolutely. It's Operations Management. Uh, let me be clear That's on correct. that. Yeah, so ServiceNow is very popular, especially with um, automation, right? So, uh, you know, what, what we're talking about here is uh, another step of integration with ServiceNow, enabling big organizations typically that are uh, deployed heavily with ServiceNow, um, but enabling them to further integrate uh, into Azure and uh, getting better data, really, yeah. right? So. Now we're going to be able to take that uh, Azure monitoring data. Alerts, and, the alerts, yes. Uh, exactly, right? So we can in, uh, not just implement alerts, but then you can use ServiceNow for different automations. You know, something yeah. is down, you can try, you know, bumping the VM again Absolutely. or whatever you need to do, right? So, yeah, there's a really cool step there. So uh, I think that one's going to be a nice step forward. Um, anything that we can automate, especially when it comes to uh, monitoring, is really important because that's uh, it's uh, it's always customer facing, and one of the things that 
you know, in general, administrators always have to battle is making sure that the customers are happy. Yeah. So uh, this goes a long ways uh, to enabling uh, admins to be able to do that, right? Yeah. And the part that I like about this of automation goes a long way. Is, is now Azure Monitor Alerts are triggered automatically uh, on, on the service now. So then they can have whatever they want to have it on the CMDB and everything else. But what this secure export architecture introduce is new capabilities like Azure AD authentication and a new action group. So now you can have the Azure AD integration into ServiceNow so they can use that to integrate on the ServiceNow as well as a CMDB uh, integration as well. And in this case, the alerts, they can use um, webhook actions in groups, for example, that you can starting uh, trigger other things um, in order to, 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 to use the Azure AD on ServiceNow. So we are starting to see the integration of a cloud platform like ServiceNow with a totally infrastructure uh, platform that is Azure through this secure export using Azure Monitor uh, alerts to just do it. Because let's talk about this, in this case on the ITSM solution, one of the key importance is of course is the CMDB, but mm -hmm. the CMDB just give you all your um, assets, basically, let's call it this way, right? You have all of the assets, depending on what, what you have, this, the routers, the switches, the computers, the users, the oh, printers, everything, everything in right? There, right? It's, it's the documentation that is the IT business, Exactly. Right? But then if you have any problem with any of those, especially on user side of it, on the computer side of it, on the networking side of it, depending how you set up Azure monitoring, in this case, the alerts coming from there, it's going to trigger something on, on, on ServiceNow. So very happy with this. Um, I didn't play with this, but I know that I have a, a very good friends of mine that they are dedicated with ServiceNow. They will now be able to work with, even more with, with Azure. And that's really, Absolutely. really good in this case, right? Absolutely. Well, of course, yeah. So anything that integrates... Uh, from monitoring back into the CMDB uh, using automation tools like ServiceNow, the different modules, you know, that, uh, you know, like you were saying, so, you know, you have a router go down, you know that you're going to have a bunch of things that are unreachable behind that system, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you're going to be able to alert on that. You can get to the right team. You can get the right people involved to correct those infrastructure problems yeah. uh, or software problems, depending on the monitoring, very quickly. And, um, you know, either eliminate uh, impact to your customers and your clients, or at least very, you know, reduce it because it's going to be quite rapid, right? So that the integration with ServiceNow I'm finding is really critical. And uh, one of the clients I'm working with now uh, actually uses ServiceNow for a lot of automation like that. So uh, very interesting. I have my ear to the ground on those different uh, integrations. And I think it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Awesome. Moving on, confidential computing, using always encrypted with securing clefs now in public preview. So confidential computing, it's not new in our podcast. Uh, it's one of the topics that we like to talk about it um, very much because especially when we starting to see 
this new vertical that you mentioned already that is Azure Healthcare or Azure Cloud or in this case, the Cloud for Healthcare or Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare, whatever is the name. <laughs> I don't know. It's damp. There's a lot of clouds. Exactly. I'm not really uh, sure we're starting to have a lot of clouds. Is, but... That's completely because <laughs> last week we introduced the cloud or two weeks ago, we introduced the cloud of uh, not introduced. We announced in this case and talk about the cloud for retail. Uh, we had <coughs> we had the um, the cloud for healthcare, and now we have this co uh, confidential computing. So again, moving forward, that always encrypted. So it means that yeah. right now we are expanding this confidential computing uh, to always encrypted. So no matter what, by default, and that's the part that I like. By default, if you're going on that route it's encrypted uh absolutely yeah so we're really talking a lot here about um you know azure sql databases we're talking about uh sql server running on azure vms so uh encryption is really critical and like you mentioned uh earlier here today you know there's a lot of different uh business requirements sometimes yes. right so uh quite often it's encryption of data at rest and data during processing so confidential computing, definitely um, one of the big deals is it's always encrypted, no matter what we're doing. But also, uh, you know, we want to make sure that the databases themselves are using uh, as much encryption as possible, but without adding a lot of extra overhead. And that's really what a lot of these newer uh, innovations are about um, in these platforms, right? So just enabling businesses to keep things encrypted making it easy to stay in compliance with these different requirements like HIPAA, very complex um, and sometimes difficult, right? So especially if somebody's uh, like an organization rather is coming from non-compliance, trying to get compliant, uh, there's a lot of uplift for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now talking about Azure Cosmos DB and we have a few updates regarding this. Um, it's very interesting to see that a lot of those products are getting a lot of updates. Um, Azure Cosm DB management with our very good friend PowerShell, uh, it's <laughs> now generally available. We could not miss this one, although we are not yep. data scientists or data engineers, but we could not. We're not, meet but it's a, it's a very popular platform, right? It is. So, um, it, yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people we know are working with big data, but also a lot of organizations that we uh, engage with have questions about not just using it. So we may not use it, but we may advise on how to manage it and how to enable the uh, the database admins or the data scientists to work more efficiently or more securely. So. Uh, it's really good. Anytime uh, I can move things to command line, especially uh, PowerShell, I'm always going to have a big smile. Yes, I had I had a conversation with another MVP another day saying that, uh, you know, Marcos, you should upgrade your PowerShell knowledge to CLI. But I say, you know what? I love so much PowerShell. Uh, I will learn. I, I, I already started working with CLI a lot, but I think I will never abandon PowerShell. It's dear to my heart. Uh, in this case, it is, and I think I yeah, I, I did so, pass, I did pass that passion to you. In this case, and the part did. that I like about this is, this is a pass solution. Okay, uh, mm -hmm. let's talk about that. And now it's manageable through PowerShell. Uh, 
And it's not exactly, only the right? last so, version of PowerShell. They really did a good job. And we have, I have to say this, especially now on our podcast, you can use the 5.1, the version 5.1. Not, not mm-hmm. the 7.1 that we mentioned. That was the last one. No. Uh, but no, no, yeah. So not the brand new PowerShell. Not the brand new PowerShell, but you can still use the five one and the six or the seven for PowerShell Core. Exactly. Yeah, six or seven for PowerShell Core. Yeah. And five point one for Windows PowerShell, which is important, right? Because Windows PowerShell five point one is what comes packaged generally on the server, uh, kind of default install, yeah. right? Exactly. So. Um, of course, Good please catch. make sure you're patching. Uh, very important. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can use things like Azure Updates, uh, WSUS. There's lots of um, kind of free and low-cost solutions to Absolutely. do that. There's also, uh, you know, very complex ones and comprehensive ones, I guess, is the word I'm looking yeah. for. Not necessarily complex. Uh, please forgive me, all uh, in-tune administrators there. <laughs> But continue, continuing uh, talking about um, Azure Cosmos DB, um, the like keyword um, is support. It's now general availability. I have to say that it's yeah. not my best knowledge on Azure Cosmos DB, but I want just to bring that because it's, it's an efficient way to test search uh, queries in Azure Cosmos DB Absolutely. core, in this case, SQL core API um, using the like keyword. So if you are familiar Absolutely. with Transact, Transact SQL uh, and you're doing a lot of uh, queries with like, now the like keyword is supported on on um, Azure, Azure Cosmos, Cosmos DB, uh, DB yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I'll be honest, I did not actually realize that it wasn't supported um, ahead of this. So I thought this was a really cool update. And as we read a little bit about it and we talked, um, I think for about 15 seconds on this before yeah. we hit record tonight, um, I thought it was really cool because, uh, you, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, we take it for granted Absolutely. a little bit in Transact SQL. And when I think back to uh, working with SQL Server and uh, Transact SQL Query so heavily in uh, one of my previous hat roles there, uh, uh, you know, um, it, it's something that you really do rely on a lot just for a quick test. Um, you know, certainly you don't want to, you know, pull a huge set of data, so you want to apply those filters. So uh, very important. But now a little bit easier in uh, Cosmos DB. Exactly. Right? And and continuing with Cosmos DB. Um, now it's multi-region availability support with a single region right now is general available. Uh, and that's, that's a very good, very cool thing because right now you can increase the availability of SLA. And that's really, for me, when I wrote, when I read this, I see that you have like 99.995% of SLA uh, on the single region in, in right. single region. Right. Yeah. Okay. So even if you have availability zones supported on a single region, right? Um, that means that you can increase this SLA on a single region. Um, and right now it's, it's, although it's not for all the regions that is this is available, uh, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, you have, uh, 
No, it's not in every region. No. Um, but there, it, yeah, it's important to note um, because I want to finish that thought a little bit with you. So uh, we go from uh, a single region with no availability zones, 99.99% um, availability, right? But when you uh, implement multi-region with multi-region rights with availability zones, this new feature, you add a nine. So it's now 99.999% availability. That is a very large increase. Uh, you know, to get that third and that fourth nine is very, very difficult to chase. Oh, yeah. So this is actually kind of a big deal, but it's also uh, now, of course, geo redundant, yeah. right? Which is a really great feature of these multi-region availability yeah. zones. And, uh, you know, I was having a conversation this week with uh, somebody on that, or rather I was part of the conversation with the team, but uh, you know, we were talking about the different features as uh, corporations move from on-prem with multi-data centers in different regions and consolidating the resources uh, as, you know, they modernize the infrastructure into Azure. And it's a really interesting conversation because it's not always uh, completely obvious that you can go multi-region with availability zones. So I just think it's something that's really worth exploring. Um, so certainly if you're using uh, Azure, uh, Azure Cosmos, one of those things that uh, you want to kind of uh, take a look at and the reads and writes, uh, the, the uh, Microsoft doc article linked out of that update is fantastic. Absolutely. It's a really good read, even if you're not using Azure Cosmos DB, um, which I'm not. But uh, again, you know, we're not uh, DBAs uh, these days. That's not the hat that we wear. So um, this is a really cool thing. I so this is a way hats, we can help. So. I I have to wear a hat in the summer, uh, as you know, because the sunshine, uh, you know, there's nothing there I to just stop it. I escape from the sun and go to the shadows. Like. <laughs> <laughs> as you know, I'm solar powered. I know. I did not realize I know that until a couple of years I, ago. I'm, I'm, I'm on, <laughs> we, are, we have a project this summer that I, I challenging you. Uh, to just kind of bring that solar panel. So I have to use a hat because of that, but that's okay. Moving on, talking about <laughs> Kubernetes, one of my favorite services on Azure that I've been playing lately a lot. So public preview mm -hmm. again, so this is good. Uh, Azure Key Vault S or CSI, uh, nothing to do with the series, okay? But CSI drivey, <laughs> driver support, it's now on the AKS, the Azure Kubernetes Services. You might actually get me to watch TV if there was a CSI Azure. Uh, just putting that oh, out there. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. If someone <laughs> in Hollywood is listening to this podcast, please, uh, we just want some kind of sponsoring. We will appreciate that. We don't want royalties, hey. nothing like that, but some kind of... Uh, a kind of oh, we're not in it for that. You know, maybe a free hat for Marcos yeah. to help him out in the summer. That'd be good, exactly. right? Or, uh, or a huge umbrella for for <laughs> for Andrew. Although, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, if we did that, you'd have to check one of those boxes with YouTube to say that you had a sponsorship, oh, I yes, think, right? Yes, yes, The free hat yes, box. Yes, probably yeah. that. So, yeah, probably invite <laughs> Sorry, us to, to just, to to just participate on the series. Like... We can pretend that we are working on a computer, something like that, whatever it is, right? 
We are open Marcos to the new challenge. I saw. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. Okay, let's. <laughs> we already deviated from this. Let's 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 get. We back. did. So my my apologies for that. But yeah, it isn't. It is another big deal because uh, again, it's a good. Uh, it's a good update. Uh, though it's in public preview, yeah. right? But uh, Azure Key Vault is a really awesome tool, and now uh, further integration with uh, Azure Kubernetes. Yeah. So uh, you know, I know you've been working a lot with Kubernetes. Does this apply to what you've been working with? Yes, uh, it does because now we can have this uh, this uh, secrets content storage. We I think we already mentioned that on this Azure Key Vault the importance on one of those podcasts that we mentioned that that we talk about it. Uh, it's really important because now the secret storage CSI driver integrates to mount secrets into the Kubernetes power pods. So what yeah. we are saying is basically every time that you need some kind of, of, of access or some kind of user or some kind of service account or some kind of uh, uh, application service account, uh, any type of that, you now you can, you can leverage this driver, the CSI driver, to just go to Azure Key Vault and grab those credentials. So your deployment becomes way more reliable. You don't need to reduce your security, uh, reduce your, in this case, or uh, increase the vulnerability of your deployment because you're passing, in this case, all of these credentials. So you just pass that. And now when you're deploying this, you can grab from the uh, Azure Key Vault, right? And that's, that's really important. Uh, in this case for me, but uh, I think this, again, it's public preview. Uh, I don't think I mentioned on this podcast, uh, but I think uh, you, if you, you are... You know what? Have we told people how dangerous public preview is? I don't think we've ever no, talked about Let's say it. that you are the first time that you're seeing this podcast, and now I'm talking to you directly. So if you are... <laughs> I'm listening very okay. closely here. Uh, please do not laugh because this is serious, okay? Public preview is not to use in production. Okay, um, <laughs> let's let's cut the chase over here. I'm going to be we have right a there. very big to... podcast, <laughs> and I think I think it's uh, I think we already covered. But um, pot, uh, public review is not used in in, in in production. Worst case scenario that can happen is they can change this, like we mentioned mm -hmm. on the limit preview, for example. Public preview, it's a little bit more stable than limit preview because limit preview, first, you don't have the full um, fixture available. On public preview, you theoretically have the full fixture available that's going to be on generally available after that, but they can change. Although when they make this service generally available, uh, almost all the time you need to redeploy so if you are using yes. this on production uh, and some of the services um, it's okay to use because it's not really impactful and if you redeploy you are not having any downtime on this case you will have so you need to redeploy That's right. uh, because you are using aks you are deploying this you are calling this service 
and they might change and you need to redeploy this. So be careful with the public and review. We, we want to be careful with yeah. that, especially with things uh, in the security realm Absolutely. and in automated deployments. Yes. Uh, because if you use any preview, limited preview, public preview, Bob's preview, it doesn't matter. It's still in preview. And like you're saying, uh, you know, Matt, I just, what I envision here is, uh, let's say we we use the uh, the key vault uh, and then all of a sudden uh, we have automated deployments happening because the keys, are, everything's fully automated. We're taught, that's why we're using Kubernetes, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, we can do infrastructure as code and we can work automatically a little bit faster. So we've talked about the different integration points uh, with that, imagine this is all mapped in your CMDB. Uh, all of a sudden, your key vaults go down. Now things aren't being authorized. Uh, your account, you've got accounting, uh, account errors rather. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, you, you get this message from your service now, for example. And uh, it's telling you, hey, uh, you have authentication errors. This is down and causing these other services to go down because we used something in preview. Uh, so it can be avoided easily. Don't use preview in production. Uh, Microsoft will tell you that. I think a warning comes up every time you click on those things too, yeah. in the limited preview at least. And uh, do pay attention to that. I know we talk about this once in a while, but it's because it does still happen. Um, Absolutely. Every tenant almost and I, and, that and, and, uh, we look at, there's something like this that has happened. Absolutely. And and just to reiterate that or reinforce that, even today, I was I was uh, answering a call from a customer that saying, this stopped working and says, why stop working? And then we went and then... It's a lot of time involved to try to understand why it stopped working until someone saying, but last week we were doing this and we're in preview and now it's GA. And I say, okay, you already answered all the things that I need to know. Uh, you need to redeploy everything again. But everything again, yeah, you were using a, 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 a preview fixture on that. Um, I will not disclose in this case what was the service, but now it's GA and they change all of this. And um, I'm sorry, but but uh, that is what preview means um, is you need to redeploy it. Uh, yeah, and that's why it's important, right? Exactly. So all, all of the administrators, all of the Azure administrators, Azure architects, anybody administering things in Azure, you need to understand when that warning comes up and it says, hey, this is previewed. Please don't use this in production. They really do mean it. It is, it is, a, it is a big deal because when it impacts production, um, now that can uh, lead to a, a negative view of Azure services Absolutely. in the client's eyes. So we need to be aware of those yeah. things and just be careful when we're designing these solutions. Absolutely. We can be excited about previews, but in dev tests. Absolutely. Please. And it. let's talk about... Okay, enough said, enough right? Said. Let's talk about general availability on... AKS, so a new mm -hmm. update, optional uptime SLA for AKS, Azure Kubernetes Service, on private clusters. So again, we're starting to see this at uptime. Like we, we mentioned in this case on Azure Cosmos DB, um, for example, they went from three nines to not four nines, but 
almost it's 99.9 that was it and now it's 99.95 so increase yeah that's the a availability. Big, that's a big improvement it's a big improvement although there are costs associated i have to say this okay uh, of course that you can select because now you have two slas that you can select the 99.9 and 99.995 that you can select on the private clusters on the uptime SLA. Uh, so that's really good. Um, it makes uh, AKS that is one of the most growing uh, features of Azure and one with great adoption. And these private clusters means that um, do you know why that means in this case? Well, why you explain that for us? I, I was actually looking at the uh, costing estimates. <laughs> <laughs> so I caught you out guard. A little, a little uh, bit. That's perhaps, okay. Here. That's so okay. yeah. So we want to talk about uh, the difference between the private and the non-private, yes. right? So uh, for all of the first-time AKS uh, people. What does that actually mean, Marcos? What does it mean that uh, something is non-private? Something is not is not private. Uh, it's not. It's public. Uh, <laughs> well, it's public, right? <laughs> no, it's. We weren't asking a dirty question. By <laughs> I, I think we are. We are. You gave me a bit of a funny look there, and I thought, Did no, I say that's that okay. the way I thought I meant. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> The, the 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 part of the private clusters it's it's where you have you configure all of your clusters so depending on way that you deploy uh, uh, AKS right in this case this is Azure Kubernetes services you can have your private clusters that you can build your infrastructure and it's your private cluster that you are not uh, uh, sharing or you are not using the service with anyone else so it's your private cluster it's like your let's say your vm in a way of is right and then you can use the the, the non-private clusters that basically is you are sharing that you are just consuming the pods basically uh, on the very simple way to explain it it's that okay uh, and that's the part that is interesting about about um this uh, update uh, moving on right. to the next one, and now talking about um, another public preview, we have a very big agenda. It seems that we are running, but we are not. Uh, it's because we still have a very big agenda, and I'm starting to see a lot of those tabs that we didn't fill yet, and I start to get a little bit concerned about time and respecting you that you are listening and seeing, seeing this podcast. Uh, I definitely have to implement this case, the chapters on this one, uh, but that's okay. Public preview. Yeah, so let's let's talk briefly about this, right? Because then the, the public preview of Linux Diagnostics Agent 4.0. So uh, really we're talking about uh, improved diagnostics. They've up, uh, upgraded the agent. And uh, it means that just really uh, we want to validate these things in a testing environment first. There's a lot of uh, stability and bug fixes uh, for the patching in this uh, version upgrade. And like any version upgrade, we don't ever test on prod first. But uh, in addition to that, this release is also in uh, public uh, preview, right? Yes. 
So we have to be kind of twice as careful. So uh, do it on a, a, a test system for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, think about uh, upgrading from the previous one. There's going to be a lot of performance and uh, enhancements in yeah. this patch. And they've also, uh, there's a removal, right, uh, in the Absolutely. notes for this uh, update. They removed uh, OMI for a modified version of Telegraph. Yeah. So the part uh, that I want to, to increase or the part that I want to raise is this is a major version upgrade. It's a 4.0. It it's a big okay? upgrade. So means that it will not be automatically applied. Okay. So That's you correct. need to, be to receive to update manually because this is a major version upgrade. That's the part that I want to just reiterate. Um, uh, because it's a huge update uh, that they are doing. So you need to reseed this again, once again, manually. Uh, it's not going to be that. Um, and again, it's public public preview, right? Uh, I think we already killed that uh, too many times uh, regarding public preview. Continuing talking about Azure monitoring logs, changes in Azure, to mon Azure monitoring logs for Azure Diagnostics table, it's now available. So what does that mean that you are one of the principal guys on Azure monitoring logs? <laughs> principal guys, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I usually get called to the principal more than that. <laughs> so uh, so it, it, it had a global, global limit of uh, 500 columns for any given table, yeah. right? And uh, now the, for a lot of the tables, there's usually more than that that's required. So uh, Azure Diagnostics, due to uh, what Microsoft says, a large variety of data types being sent into it will exceed this limit uh, many times. So uh, now uh, we're able to grow that a little bit and uh, it's, it's gonna make it more flexible. We can send more data in, it can handle more columns more information coming in and that's good so i i rely a lot uh, as you know for a lot of the work i do on analysis and reporting of log data right yeah. so um, a lot of uh sentinel stuff log analytics system events coming in all these things uh so sometimes you can have uh hundreds and hundreds of columns in those tables and especially uh for if you think about security events so if you're doing security events, say on a Linux server or a Windows server, you can easily hit six or 700 columns of data coming in. And uh, now we're gonna have a little bit more flexibility with that, right? So I think that this is a, a really good uh, update. It's very positive. And uh, there's, there's a little bit more to it than just uh, the columns, um, but now uh, we have overflow, right? So. Uh, when we exceed that 500, it's going to hit the overflow column, and we're going to be able to actually uh, capture more data. So it just means that uh, we'll have to adjust queries on the other side. So if we're using workbooks or whatever to visualize these uh, these data sets, that we adjust our queries because now we can use an overflow column, and we can actually get to uh, you know say 501 columns, right? Yes, we can address that that manually, and that's the part that. It's really uh, keen about about that uh, about this update. I like I like that very much. And continuing talking about Azure monitoring, or uh, now we have the Azure Monitor 
networking sites is now generally available. And this is pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah, so this is, this is interesting, right? So uh, here we're talking more about no agent configuration again. Mm -hmm and uh, better access to health states, metrics, alerts, and all the different data for traffic coming in with uh, Azure Monitor for Network Insights. Now, one of the things that uh, I hear often from my clients is dashboard fatigue. Right? Yes. So there's a lot of uh, data that we collect when we're doing logging. There's a lot, certainly Azure Monitor um, relies quite heavily on looking at those logs and then alerting on the logs, right? So uh, again, it's another data collection. So if we have all these different dashboards, where do we actually find the data? In this case, it's very nice. It's a single console for network monitoring. Yeah. So it's integrating back into that console for network insights. We're not adding another dashboard. It's the same one. Yeah. So uh, I just I thought that was kind of worth a bit of a uh, just a kind of a fifteen second mention or whatever yep. that was. Absolutely. My, don't mind my IT time. It was probably that's okay. Ten minutes. What I what I okay. like about this update is, and we talk about this a few episodes, um, is now that we can integrate or like like you mentioned on a single call song, the flow mm -hmm. logging for NSGs. Uh, mm -hmm. it's for me, it's one of the things that we need, really need to know. And if you are familiar with the, the flow in this case, the, uh, for NSGs, you know, that it's a bunch of IPs that is going and you're seeing what's coming, what's going on, what's coming out, what's going in on that particular NSG. And now we have a dashboard and now we have, we That's have right. a console. That's the part so that, that excites that me the most in this case. Just came out last week, right? If it not was last week, it was the week before. So yeah, it was, it was quite recent. Was quite, anyways, and now yeah. we can see this on a dashboard because oh my god, right. uh, if you ever work with flow and this uh, of <laughs> flow it's logging, a it's data. a lot of data, a lot of data, just to see it. And now you can build the console, you can build all the filters that you want into this. Very, very cool. Right. Very pleased that uh, this is coming to Azure Monitor, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's that constant evolution that we're always dealing with, yeah. right? So moving uh, kind of quickly, I know I'm sorry to make you click so furiously, That's sir. Okay. But uh, right out of Azure Monitor, our very close relative, kind of a cousin, Azure Site Recovery, right? <laughs> so uh, we have, uh, I think... They are cousins cousin. from a different family, but that's okay. Exactly. What did they say? The brother from a different mother. Yeah, is, uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it has to rhyme. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good segue. We are we we have so many things. We have to practice all of these segues. But let's. This is one of the things that we love. Is to talk about Azure Site it Recovery. It's it's to be very honest, one of the applications that I did start working on Azure, and I think I passed that passion to you as well. Uh, and you now did. we have rollup yeah, 53 It's a lifesaver. It is. It's oh my god. Yeah. So up, update uh, rollup 53 now available uh, January 2021, and this is GA, right? Yeah. So um, now one of the bigger challenges that we have around um, big agent releases with uh, ASR is that we have some manual actions that are typically required, yes. right? So. 
um, test this out. Um, just because it's in GA doesn't mean don't test. Um, you know, test it out before you're going to roll it out to your full prod. Uh, hopefully, you have something in dev test. Uh, if not, please create one. Um, you can even use uh, whatever means necessary. Different free subscriptions, trial subscriptions, different things. Talk to your, you know, your your CSP. Uh, or just your Microsoft rep even, and uh, find out how to do a dev test environment and uh, play with it and figure out how to get in there. So test out your ASR, but uh, this is a big upgrade, right? So uh, this is uh, this is the one uh, that will do all of the on-prems. Uh, and uh, even when you're in a different cloud, uh, you can install this onto uh, the VM and uh, use uh, Azure as part of your DR, yes. right? So uh, Azure Site Recovery is a big deal. It is. Uh, it's definitely one we want to test. I really do want to emphasize that. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to add to that? What I want to add on this is, as we mentioned on our roll-up update 52, um, a few episodes back, uh, this is, um, is an enhancement and some of the fixes in this case, but it's it's all of this roll-up, right? It's going from everything. From the agent that you have on the recovery service agent, so in this case, the agent that you have on the VMs that you are having, on the hypervisors, either Hyper-V or VMware in this case, and even from the portal, okay, you need to update everything. Um, and that's the part that you need to update. You need to be on the same page, okay? So if you update in this case, and it's the recommendation that I think we did uh, on the last podcast that we mentioned, the Azure Site Recover uh, uh, Rollup 52, is remember mm -hmm. that starting updating on the portal and going from the portal down until you go into the agent on the VM. Exactly. Okay, so starting on the portal, then going to to your um, recovery, your your in this case site recovery mobile agent as well, because this will update everything, okay, and should be yes. on the same version. That's another yeah, and that's important to note, important. right? So yeah, so when you start at the portal, uh, you have to do the top down, uh, otherwise you end up with agent uh, kind of uh, different agent numbers. Yeah. And then we end up with connectivity problems, uh, incompatibility, and that can impact your recoverability with ASR. And it's not only that, so, because last time we mentioned this, a few weeks after the roll-up update 52, uh, one of my customers says that one of the, a few machines were not able, or they got an alert on the portal, that they were not able to synchronize anymore. That's okay. correct. And one of the things is, one of the first thing that I did ask was, did you update for the roll-up 52? I said, yes. Did you went to top bottom? I said, yes. But apparently it was a miss failure updates on these few machines that they were protecting and they were not able to synchronize anymore. Sometimes you see it depending on the configuration that you have. And sometimes you don't see it that happen. But if you see it, remember, um, if you listen to this podcast, now you are covered. You will, you will not happen with you. That's a good thing. And thank you 
for once again for Lisa. That's right. We guarantee it or your money exactly. back, right? <laughs> <laughs> we will refund admission. No yeah, we will there. refund your time spending with listening this podcast. No, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the crayons out. We'll write up the receipts. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So kind of staying along those lines of uh, GA, uh, I think up next on the menu, we have uh, Azure Log Analytics now generally available in Germany West Central, UAE North, and Switzerland West. Yes. Yeah. So log analytics is one of my uh, kind of favorite toys slash products. Slash features. <laughs> it's really fun to use, right? It because uh, it collects uh, so much data in log analytics. And, uh, you know, of course, then you use it. Uh, using the Azure Data Explorer, you can go in and you can write the queries and uh, actually pull some really interesting findings out of the logs. But again, uh, it's how all of these products and services integrate together. Yeah. Um, and not everything comes out in every region all at once, right? No. That's, a, that's a lot. And as we occasionally get the privilege to announce, Azure is always adding new re uh, regions, right? So we, we, we are adding about, region uh, and we are service to the region. And these ones are important due to the fact yeah, that we big. are uh, collecting logs. We are collecting information about the service. And we are, in this case, with data sovereignty because we are collecting information and we, uh, we now we can store on these regions. So it's really important. It's really important for that. Now that's a little bit more complaint. And now one of the things that I have to mention, it's, it's, uh, there is no podcast that we're doing on Azure centric, especially on this Azure weekly that we don't talk about this guy, Azure automation. It's now available on Switzerland West. And it, it's, I think it's like, there are two topics that we, that we mention every single podcast. <laughs> One of them is this yeah. Azure automation that is awesome that now we can go every every single part we're going on Switzerland West. And the other one is the public preview. <laughs> <laughs> but this he's right, folks. He's right. Uh, we cook from the same recipe <laughs> a lot. And uh, thank goodness, uh, you know, we can't automate the conversation, no. but uh, we can use automation for a lot of other tools, exactly. right? So. It uh, looks like Switzerland is really growing, and that's actually really cool because I think it's uh, kind of supporting that whole EU growth, right? Absolutely. So we've seen a, a lot of growth, a lot of um, sustainable new data centers coming in in the kind of the European region, and uh, I just I think that that's really cool because they had a huge burst about what three years ago in uh, that region. And now we're seeing it again. It's kind of a, like a renewed excitement oh, uh, about cloud computing and cloud resources, and, right? So I think that's really awesome. And not only that, Switzerland, as you know, it's a very big in financial services, right? And be able, be able to do it on Azure Automation. I know that's not the main thing, but it's one of the biggest. Um, be able to have Azure Automation on all of those um, clients that they have over there it's it's key i don't know why the the screen is flickering i apologize for that but uh let's try to see if we can prevent this uh moving on to the next topic 
No worries. Uh, it's a topic change. That's why it, it just wasn't uh, happy about all of the Swiss innovation, yeah, I guess. Probably. That's fine. He didn't like chocolate. chocolate. Exactly. Yeah, I was saying that <laughs> probably he's, he's chocolate allergic and he wants to move on. Uh, but that's... can tell it's supper time. We're thinking about chocolate. Oh it's God. fine. Yeah. It's fine. So now up next, we have uh, one more public preview uh, for prevent shared key authorization on Azure storage accounts. Now, this is a really cool one, right? Because now we want to prevent uh, shared key auth, right? Yeah. So uh, I know we both use uh, Azure Storage for uh, so many things. I think sometimes we might overuse Azure Storage. There's a lot of different um, kind of paths and uh, SaaS options that are uh, really good. And certainly Azure Storage is uh, like top tier for me. Um, I, I implement it anytime I have an opportunity to do so. Uh, just because it's so robust, right? But it's also very secure. And, uh, you know, here we are now, uh, you know, we can use the account access key for shared key authorization, but uh, this is going to prevent kind of abuse of that, right? Exactly. So now you have the, you have the possibility of disallow these requests, okay, uh, to the storage account that they are authorized with the shared key. Because before you couldn't. Uh, exactly. So right? the only way to doing this or be able to do this is to uh, replace the shared key with another one. Now you can That's go right. there and disallow. So means that authorized requests for that specific storage account, you can go there and disallow. So it's another exactly. another yeah. level. Um, of course, you can disallow and change. You are you can do all of those things, but the only option that you have before this uh, or this on this public preview uh, is to uh, replace with a new shared key, and then you don't know what is the effect that that can be in this case, and you can crumble all of the things that you have uh, that you have on your on your environment, right? And that's and exactly. that's the yeah, part so that. It's a little bit dangerous uh, on that. It can, it can be. I use uh, I use the the shared keys sometimes for different integrations, um, and I especially use the shared keys when I'm doing uh, tutorials and things, uh, you know, videos and articles and all that stuff, because it's easy to do, it's nice and it's kind of fun to demonstrate. Um, but uh, they can be dangerous on uh, production accounts. So if you're using those in production, it's fine. They're very secure. But uh, replicate what you have in your dev test. Use that because it is a preview, um, uh, a preview uh, option. Um, and test it in non-prod so that uh, you're not going to impact anything, especially storage accounts. Changing things can be uh, very impactful yeah. and a little bit dangerous, like you say, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Moving on to the next one, uh, another public preview, in this case on Azure Log Analytics, that now mm -hmm. it's on UAE Central and Japan West. So Exactly. I feel like I'm missing traveling uh, on the last <laughs> half of our podcast here. There's a lot of a lot, all these data centers that are uh, know, in these beautiful countries. Do you know what is this? CICD. <laughs> this is literally yep. CI/CD, continuous improvement, continuous deployment. So we're starting to see a lot of that. That 
every time I was talking and I was talking there to my wife right now because she's doing a white paper on Azure DevOps, for example. And I was talking that, that it's so important, the CIDC methodology that we're seeing over here. So we see that they already announced general availability for that. And now mm -hmm. we're starting to see that it's public preview for another region. So basically, they are deploying this across the entire platform. And this is, again, it's, it's Azure is growing on, on, on size and on service available for each region. Even small regions like, for example, Japan. And I'm saying it's small because it's a small country in dimensions. Well, compared okay? to like US West or something, yeah. it's probably a bit uh, not as utilized. Yeah, exactly. But uh, in Japan, uh, certainly they have multiple regions in Japan, right? So uh, that's, that means that there's enough business there to support uh, many, many regions and data centers and things, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. It's really cool, uh, and you're right, because that CICD is really important, and that's kind of uh, one of the the ongoing themes that you always see with Azure is it's always improving, and they're always updating things, and that's really critical. Yeah. Enough said, right? Next one so. is one of my favorites, and is one of the things that I was expecting in this case, that is the public preview, automatic cluster upgrades, in Azure Kubernetes services. So yeah. this means that now uh, with this public preview, of course, uh, on the on the AKS cluster, you can automatically upgrade um, the version, the user-defined version uh, on a regular basis. So means that you can automate this way faster and you can even specify between multiple upgrade channels, such as the lasted rapid minor version to a older stable version uh, or old stable minor version to the last patch version. So automatically you upgrade this. So it's the way that if you want to upgrade uh, the clusters, you can do in this by using all the channels that you have regarding uh, your AKS. Really cool to see. Again, it's public preview. This one you need to be very careful uh, because yeah, if you are using this, mess up a prod uh, prod cluster for sure. Completely, and it's not only that. You can even put this as working as marvelous without any errors. But when we mention this in our podcast in the future uh, on the on the general availability. We have to remember that everything that you deploy under this preview, a public preview, you need to redeploy everything again. I just want to get that out uh, once again, so we can mention. But it's a lot of a lot of um, public previews. And talking about CI/CD, here it is. Yeah, here we go. Azure boards, boom, uh, right? Kaboom. So new enhancements to delivery plans 2.0. Oh yeah. So kind of a big thing. I know uh, I've been using Azure Boards for uh, different uh, projects that I'm on, and uh, it's actually super, super useful. So if you're not familiar with it, jump in, uh, check it out. Uh, what is it? Dev, Dev, Dev Labs. Uh, you can get into um, Azure Boards Azure DevOps. and test it Just, out in your, in your dev yeah. test. Yeah, DevOps. Thank you. Uh, I think I said Dev Boards because I'm thinking of Azure Boards as I look at the screen. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you know one thing that I like about this, and I'm using this, and, and this was presented by uh, my good friend, George Maya, that is, mm-hmm. that is also an MVP and is using a lot of this, is uh, a lot of your tasks you can automate on over here on Azure boards. So even if you have, uh, even if you have like a lot of those things that you need to do it, if you create Azure boards, for example, of updating, or if you're doing all of this with all the steps that you need to do it, just going there. He told me that he wrote, in this case, he, um, he master thesis for his, his uh, master with Azure boards. So all the things <laughs> that he did, and he was using Azure. That's really geek. He's using Azure DevOps That's super to, awesome. to just basically uh, work on this um, on these master thesis. And he says, I think I need to brush up on my uh, Portuguese so that I can uh, understand these things a little bit more when uh, when you guys are speaking to them because that sounds freaking awesome. I mean, be- Man, it's like <laughs> I, I always use Azure Boards. To be very honest, and and, and this is using the technology available to you on on a ways that you never think about it i never think about it to just doing that and after i talked to him and and they explained me and he showed me uh, in this case he azure boards and a way that he used azure devops to just uh, wrote his thesis or to just kind of going on everything that he was doing and reviewing and and putting everything over there it makes totally sense because the tool is there, the technology is there, um, everything is there. Why not using? It's not like oh, you need to use this on CI/CD. No, you need to be innovative. Uh, the tool is it, it's available. That technology is available there, and I think it's it's a great example how you can do how you can use this for your own. So right now, I'm Absolutely. preparing my my racing season. Guess what I'm using? Azure Boards. OneNote. No, no, I, I improved that. <laughs> I, I was using OneNote, but now I can use Azure Boards because I can have all the complexity and I can see all the cascade that I cannot see on OneNote. Absolutely. Yeah, joking, joking aside, it is a really powerful and important yeah, tool. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm actually using it right now. So we, uh, uh, one of the teams I'm on, we use it to build our story. Exactly. Right. So all of the tasks that we work on together uh, and individually as a team, it comes together in Azure board, but all of the changes, the decisions, all of those things uh, come uh, together in Azure board. And then uh, it's used to build the story of what we're working on for the project. And that's really critical because it brings all of the documentation together in one spot. So uh, I really love all of the things. It's kind of, you're only limited by your own imagination and then you know you can uh, you know listen to other uh, uh, Azure Board users and uh, kind of hear how they use it and get some new ideas and take advantage of it. Very powerful tool. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the end is near, and we have uh, what we maybe call a bonus topic today, right? <laughs> so we usually do not talk about IoT, but I said uh, you know Marcos, I think we yeah. should in this case. Uh, and it just so happened it was uh, released today uh, as well. But uh, it's important uh, because this one it can be very impactful, right? So 
uh, anything that uh, the Microsoft Azure uh, updates uh, blogs talk about with uh, action required at the start, we need to pay attention to even if it doesn't talk to something we're yeah. using because we should share it with our uh, coworkers and other professionals. So that's what we're doing uh, a little bit with this today, right? So upgrade IoT Hub IP filter before 1st of February, 2022. Now, they're giving us one year notice More than to one do year, this. Right? Yeah, well, by a, a couple of weeks, perhaps here, a week, week and a half, right? But um, we need to kind of throw it in as an honorable mention because uh, if it's not upgraded uh, from previous versions to the current version today, in one year, it's going to be deprecated and it will cause outage, yeah. right? There'll be interruption to service. So that's why we're talking about this. So if you're using uh, IoT Hub uh, IP filters, please go and visit uh, Azure Updates, uh, azure.microsoft.com. And go into your portal, go look at the news update and uh, dig deeper and make sure if it does apply to you, uh, review it and take some actions, right? You have some time. It's not a panic. You have over a year, but uh, this is their kind of their first shot across the bow. I guess we call this, right? The warning, like, hey, uh, if you're using this product, go and update it, please. So there we go. I feel much better. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. And, and, and it's a very, a very good point <laughs> of it. Uh, we we do talk about a little bit of IoT, not particularly on IT Hub, because again, it's not something that we are um, very familiar with. Um, it's just me just talking in this case, or just using this in conjunction with with other friends of mine, and just a kind of a more uh, entertainment in my lab that I have, and I have here this time my good friend. I don't let me see the camera my uh, ms chip iot dev kit that's what i use and that's why important in this case the uh it's a old well, one i would it's love not, to get a couple new it's ones it's not the those. sphere yeah, i have, I, I have to upgrade to the sphere that. but that's okay yes so we finally arrive at the end so thank you for your patience thank you for your time thank you once again thank you for subscribing the channel and if if you don't please do that uh you see that yeah the animation not only the animation <laughs> on the screen you see andrew's animation as well uh <laughs> do you want to do it again once again let's do it once again i almost i sat still for almost an hour okay. i'm ready one two three Ooh. let's go oh there uh don't forget to don't forget to just give thumbs up okay uh comment um dislike like whatever it is we don't we really want is your feedback. Uh, if you like yeah, it, thumbs up, tell thumbs, us what you like. I love that everybody's hung out this long, um, especially on these busy update weeks, right? Really cool. We, so we do this because we love uh, hearing about everybody, uh, the different things. And I, I really love that the, you know, somebody's uh, speaking up and saying, hey, I feel very engaged by, uh, you know, what we're yeah. doing. That's awesome. That's so exciting for us. And thank you. Yeah. for tuning in uh we we just and if you it, don't so. like our jokes send us email and we tell your jokes without any problem send us some yeah send us some new exactly. material we need, <laughs> <laughs> we need some new transition jokes in between the topics on busy weeks, absolutely right? it's like we are cicd <laughs> continuous improving continuous deployment in this case jokes so please help us out in this case without any problem 
and you will able to to see what's going on so once again andrew thank you so much uh for being part of this um once again we so join a lot and thank you for listening um one of the biggest podcasts it's not a record i have to say but it's one of the biggest podcasts uh, don't forget to subscribe again i'm going to pass again i love this button um don't forget to subscribe and and like and comment and see you on the next episode bye